huge stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. What's going on, Dodgers Nation? Welcome to the Dodgers Nation post-game show. The Dodgers, they get the dub. They improved to 48-38 and by the skin of their teeth. The nail-biter there unclinched those butt cheeks. The Dodgers, they win by a final score of 6-4. to Bobby Miller gets the win. He improves to 5-1. and How about Daniel Hudson? He gets the save. He loads the bases with no outs, and he still gets the save. First save since June 8, 2022. The Dodgers get the win. And just like that, after all the injuries, after the poor performance the 23rd ERA in Major League Baseball and they still are one and a half games back in the the division so the Dodgers they find a way to get right back into it but let me know down below in the comment section give me all your thoughts and comments give me your biggest takeaways from the game give me all of your biggest takeaways who's your player of the game who's the Dodgers dog of the game because I know I've got mine it's Ryan Brazier I think it might be Daniel Hudson but they get that win and you are home here with Jim Beam and Dodgers Nation and a reminder to please drink respect Sponsor. But let's jump into the comment section. Cut a game on Arizona. Yeah, that was the big thing tonight. The big development. They missed a golden opportunity yesterday to pick up a game on the Diamondbacks and the Giants. They weren't able to do so. Of course, Johnny DeLuca gets his first home run. That puts the Dodgers up. You're feeling good about that. Then, of course, Evan Phillips pitching for the first time on three consecutive days. He wasn't able to get it done, so they didn't get it. But how about my guy, Ryan Brazier? Did I not promise you that Ryan Brazier was going to be a guy? I was brazen on Brazier. Brazier, and I think he is my Dodger dog of the game. My Dodger dog of the game.
No doubt. Okay, let me fix that. Uh, put on Bigford on the Phantom IL, a 630 EL, uh, on the 60 IL. Yeah, like think about Phil Bigford. What's going on with this? Uh, Phil Bigford actually has the highest ERA rate out of the bullpen, a 5.13 ERA rate since the beginning of last season. So, yeah, he definitely wasn't able to get it done. Hey, I need my Dodger dog of the game. I don't know what's going on my my system here, but here we go. By the way, I'm looking for that comment of the night, that Hornitos comment of the game. If I see one of those, you can see one of these. You win. Perfect. Dodger dog of the game. Okay, now we're back in the mix. But here, jump back in the comment section. My Dodge Dog of the game is the infield defense. That's from Anthony Keene. Yeah, I thought Rojas made some spectacular plays on some of those jam shots. I thought David Peralta, the play there, just holding runners. Joe wasn't able to score on that. It was a little shallow there. But yeah, I think it, defensively, they played the part. And how about this? One play that definitely will probably go unmentioned as you bring up Anthony Keene, some of this infield defense, was how about when Brazier gets that pop fly in the infield and it's Max I'm glad that Will Smith heard him. I'm glad that Will Smith heard Max Muncy call him off because he was definitely going for that ball. Will Smith, he was able to make the play in the last second there, and I thought that was just fantastic there in the the game that really kind of changed the momentum there. Don't forget J.D. Martinez, 3-1 home runs from Roy Estrada. What more can you say about J.D. Martinez? 20 home runs, 20 home runs at 16 last year, 20 home runs before the All-Star break. Yeah, we're going to break this whole game down, but that does not go unmentioned. Of course, J.D. Martinez, he gets the big three-run shot. Really, today, you saw what this Dodger team is. because It was a gritty, it was a gutsy win. I mean, can start really the top of the ninth inning there with Daniel Hudson, who did have his best stuff. He was pulling that slider. The location wasn't there. It was nibbling a little bit and he was still able to get the job done. Phil Bigford, he was a mess. You saw after Ryan Brazier bailed him out. By the way, Phil Bigford, you owe Ryan Brazier a beer, man. You got to take him out for a nice steak dinner because he not only saved your ERA, he really saved the game for the Dodgers there. What he was able to do a high wire act, getting soft contact. I was very impressed with Ryan Brazier who continues to impress really forming into a real steady piece for this Dodgers team. But yeah, I mean, today you saw what this Dodger team is and the three things you need to know from this game are the bullpen Rocky got the job done found a way to get the job done how about Bobby Miller Bobby Miller tonight I was very impressed the second thing you know is Bobby Miller goes five he goes allowed four earned runs and was five and two thirds inning seven punch outs allowed five hits 101 pitches 63 strikes out 14 swings and misses I was impressed with Bobby Miller I think today you look at that line you say okay four earned runs you give up the three run home run we'll break that inning down a little more in depth but really the big inning has got to Bobby Miller and that to me has really been his death knell is that he'll cruise he'll have big innings we'll get punch outs but it's that big inning where the wheels fall off today yes he gave up the three run home run there in the fourth inning, but still he was able to bounce back. And he goes, had no outs and was still able to get out of that inning for having not much more damage. So he limited the damage there after that. It really goes one, two, three. So they get three runs on three hits there in the fourth inning, but with the home runs. And you saw in the Astros game when Bregman got the home run. I mean, he didn't show that frustration. He he definitely kept his cool. He was poised. He was breathing on the mound. And I definitely was impressed by that there in the top of the fourth inning. But here, let's get back into the comments section. Who is your player of the game? J.D. Martinez, like you said, he gets the three-run shot there in the bottom of the fifth inning after the Will Smith one-out walk, the Max Muncy one-out walk. He had runners on first and second. 0-2 count, and J.D. Martinez, boom, crushes that slider over the left field wall. That gives the Dodgers... 
the lead at 5-4. to four. I mean, that was massive. It looked like it was going to be a long night for the Dodgers. And how about David Peralta following that up on a 1-0 count? He crushes the bomb 406 feet, and that put the Dodgers up 6-4. to four. So really, it was that inning, the back-to-back home runs. And that's really this team's MO. That's their calling card. Yes, they are boomer bust. Yes, this team, their runs, over 50% of their runs come from the home run ball. That's the second highest in Major League Baseball. This team is very home run, home run reliant. They are homer happy. And today, they hit the home runs, and they won the game. And they found a way to escape some rough innings there, some high-wire action. They kept this Pirates team at bay as much as they possibly could. But let's jump to the comment section and give me your grade for Bobby Miller's outing. I'm going to give Bobby Miller's outing a solid B, a solid B. I mean, I think you have to consider he's a rookie. You have to consider the position he was in. I thought he bad. also thought, too, his flashers were really high. The velocity was up on the four-seam fastball. He strikes out the side the first inning all on four seam fastballs and I think that's what's going to really take his game to the next level as far as missing bats and being done but had me stressed from Rosemary over on YouTube JD Martinez your player of the game Roy Estrada Diane Schroeder player of the game JD Martinez pitcher of the game Diane we got the Ryan Brazier yeah Ryan Brazier he was absolutely nails there. He absolutely was my Dodger dog of the game. I think providing the pop, J.D. Martinez, I think what more can you say? Second league in isolated power. Makes the all-star team as a designated hitter. And he is a W for Andrew Freeman. A one-year $10 million deal. That's a fantastic contract. That's a deal that most teams around the league have no chance of signing. So it's almost unfair that a team like the Dodgers that has the financial resources is able to get a player of J.D. Martinez's caliber on a one-year $10 million deal. But why'd they get it? One, reputation. Two, Mookie Betts is his boy, one of his best friends. I asked J.D. Martinez myself, if you're going on a road trip, you get picked two of your teammates, who would you pick? One of them, he said it was Mookie Betts. The other one was Shelby Miller. And they're definitely good friends. And also reuniting with his good buddy, who really had such a big role in reworking his swing, revamping his swing, of course, in Robert Van Skoyak. So all the stars aligned to get a Scott Boris client in J.D. Martinez and Dodger Blue, and it's paid dividends. But Boomer Assassin says J.D.'s bomb was the difference bc jd probably but rojas for that great line drive catch with the bases loaded plus the crucial hit for the honorable mention yeah miguel rojas you see on a nightly basis some of the plays he's able to do you mentioned the diving catch there some of the stops just the dull plays he turns he has an impact with his glove but also you're seeing him get it done with the stick i mean you're seeing key at-bats. You're seeing big hits. I mean, M- Miguel Rojas, you go to the bottom of the fourth inning. Max Muncy, he draws the leadoff walk. Martinez, he draws a walk. So you got runners on first and second, no outs. And David Peralta, he's hit by a pitch. And I don't know what David Peralta said to Jason Hayward, but he looked a little miffed. He looked like he wasn't happy. He's definitely going to have a little shiner there, a little bruise. And he seemed like he said something to Hayward, like, hey, get this hit, right? Get my back. And Hayward, he hits a sack fly to right. That made it 4-1. to one. Dodgers get their first run of the night there in the fourth inning thanks to that sack fly by Jason Hayward and a productive at-bat, getting your bat on the ball, not just swinging for the fences. I think that was a great at-bat there by Jason Hayward, a 1-1 count. He takes a slider middle in, and he gets a sack fly. The Dodgers, they needed runs at that point. Yeah, a lot of game left. It's about crossing home plate, and you have the bases loaded with no outs. You got to score some runs. You got to take advantage. You can't do what the Pirates did later in the game and twice having bases loaded, no outs, and not get the runs they needed to win the game. And after that, James Albin, he strikes out swing on three pitches. I think it was a really nice sequence there. And 
really kind of sped him up, and then he slowed him down with the slider. Then he was late on that fastball for the third strike. And then Miguel Rojas. You got runners on the corners, two outs. Miguel Rojas, 0-1 count. And then he gets a single to center. Nice piece of hitting. Wasn't trying to do too much. He had a fast, a slider bottom of the zone. Left it up a little bit. And Rojas did a really nice job of getting his barrel on it. And he gives the Dodgers their second run of the night. So they get two runs on one hit there in that inning. And yeah, I think Miguel Rojas, he deserves a lot of credit for this team. He's a very... He's a a, so a stabilizing figure for this infield when you've had some bad defense to his right in Max Muncy. Max Muncy has been graded out by almost every single defensive metric as one of the worst third basemen defensively in the league. You have a new rookie second baseman for the most part for the majority of the season in Miguel Rojas. And, of course, you have Freddie Freeman, who's a gold-winning first baseman. So, yeah, Miguel Rojas, what he's able to do at his age, it is most impressive. And, yeah, I think what he's doing with the stick, he's not going to hit – 800 home runs, have an OPS north of 800, anything like that. But as long as you keep that batting average pretty respectable in the 250 to 275 range, something like that, getting occasional hits, I think Miguel Rojas makes a ton of sense, especially when you look at the stability he provides defensively. So, yeah, definitely a big shout out to him. Bobby Miller is 5-1 from Maddie Mandodge over on YouTube. Brazier, close second, Roy Estrada, nail-biter, baby. That's from B. Guzman. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cannot wait for the deadline. Oh, there we go. Uh, Jeremy Hill. Yeah, the deadline's going to be big. Uh, you heard Dave Roberts before the game was asked about it. And really, kind of in a nutshell, to paraphrase, Dave Roberts basically said that, hey, whatever this organization needs, whatever this team needs to compete for the World Series, they've addressed those needs in the past. Whether it be go out there and trade for Manny Machado after Corey Seager goes down with the injury. Whether go out there and bring in a U Darvish or you look ahead to 2021, Go out there, get a Max Scherzer and a Trey Turner. This team has made big deals. They made deals in the margins as well. I mean, David Freeze was a massive deal they got. That's a guy who take leadoff at one point for this team, getting clutch base hits. So they do address their needs. Only thing we haven't seen, though, we haven't seen it. We got the grades coming in from Bobby Miller start, but the only thing we haven't seen is a blockbuster deal after the expanded postseason. And I think it remains to be seen if Andrew Friedman does want to part ways with some of these top prospects to try to push all the chips in this year. Me. I'm doing that. I'm doing that. I'm pushing the chips in this year because you don't know how much prime Freddie Freeman has left. You don't know how much prime that Mookie Betts has left. You are not going to get J.D. Martinez back next year. Most likely, David Peralta won't be back. There is a chance, but he's putting himself in a good position to get another nice deal with another team. And the Dodgers have some top priorities last next year and for this offseason in Shohei Otani. So we'll see. It's no guarantee that you're going to have a group like this. Jason Hayward, another guy who most likely won't be back. And yeah, I think you take it of this team and they're not as far away. I mean, think about that. You have the 23rd highest ERA. You are among the bottom third in innings pitch from your starting pitchers. You had devastating injury after devastating injury. Dustin May goes down. You lose him for this season. He has another significant major elbow surgery. You won't see him back until next summer at the very earliest. He was emerging as a guy who could have made a run at an all-star appearance. He's gone. Julio Urias has underperformed. Tony Gonsolin has underperformed. One was an all-star last year in Tony Gonsolin. The other was top three in NL Cy Young voting. Clayton Kershaw has been your best pitcher. Oh, and he's now on the IL with a shoulder issue. So you look at just cross the board. Michael Grove has been mediocre, but he has shown some flashes. I mean, he hasn't been terrible, but he hasn't been a guy you can rely upon. He's a number four, number five starter at best. Noah Syndergaard, Thor has been a thud. I will say a little update on Noah Syndergaard is that he is working his way back. And 
By the sounds of Dave Roberts today, he said Noah Syndergaard is going to go throw three innings on Thursday. And so he's going to face hitters. So he's got on the mend and he's going to be back. And he said it's really going to be based on performance. So it looks like we haven't seen the end of Noah Syndergaard in Dodger Blue. But here we go. we got the grades. Lori O gives... Bob Miller, a B. Craig Osterberg gives him a B. Showtime Dodgers fans. That's why the Dodgers should trade Dustin May for Otani. Hey, I'll tell you, you probably need about 50,000 Dustin Mays plus other players for Otani, okay? They're not going to be traded. Otani, uh, Dustin May, his future, I think he ends up. And look, I would say just from talking to people close to organizations, scouts, people close to baseball, follow him closely. This doesn't come as a surprise for Dustin May, and it's unfortunate. When I say that, I mean, if you look at that delivery, that violent three-quarter delivery, the human elbow isn't meant. It wasn't built to throw 100-mile-per-hour fastballs. Of course, I always say that he engages in pitchcraft and moves more than a military family. It's so filthy. But, yeah, I mean, you got to clean up those mechanics if you're going to throw like that on a consistent basis. And it makes me wonder, too, about the original Tommy John surgery. Were there any errors in it? Did it go swim? like we've seen in most cases but yeah I mean I think hopefully he comes back as a starting pitcher I do think for him to stay healthy and stay on the mound maybe you see Daniel Hudson today Daniel Hudson's a guy who's carded out a role as a closer so maybe Dustin May comes back and he's a closer with that filthy stuff so his stuff is so nasty that there's no way that he's done of course he's only 25 years old with modern medicine and Neil Elitrach his surgeon who's the best in the game he's gonna be back there on the mound the only question is can you throw with his violent motion and stay on the mound that's my big question or at some point do you say hey we have to transition to being a reliever that's how we can actually stay on the mound and perform and have a role in this league here we go back to the comment section brazier dodger dog martinez player of the game for providing the offense miller c plus from neil acdc freak i say b he wasn't awful bobby miller gets an a minus i like his seven k's in five innings of work from justin llamas yeah let's really start right there i mean we'll jump to the bottom of the inning the bottom the the bottom, the top of the ninth, and we'll look at the close of the game. But top of the first inning, three-two pitch to of the bat against McCutcheon, swinging for the first out, forcing fastball middle, just really challenged him. And I thought, uh, yeah, I think the way he was attacking hitters with the confidence of that fastball, it was really, really impressive. So, yeah, I think in that at bat there. You look at Bobby Miller coming out there trying to really set the tone with that fastball. And, yeah, he gets Andrew McCutcheon 3-2 pitch. There were some high counts. That was kind of the concern I had. I had 24 pitches there in that first inning. But then you jump to the 1-2 count to Reynolds, and he homers to center to make it 1-0 Pirates. He just left it middle. Not a great pitch there, and he just missed. And he learns. he's learning that you miss in the show, they're going to hit it. I mean, right there, it's a, it was a sinker. And I think for him, that forcing fastball was working so well, that sinker didn't have the greatest command of it. And Reynolds, you know, they can time a bullet in the show, and he hits it out. And then J.D. Davis, 2-2. He strikes him out, swing with a forcing fastball outside corner for the second out. And 3-2 pitch. Eighth pitch of the at bat to Santana. He strikes now with another four seam fastball up in the zone. So he gave that one out home run to Reynolds. Not a lot of depth or movement on that two seam on that sinker. Left it out over the plate. And he did have some deep counts, like I said, a 24-pitch first inning, but he did strike out the side. And then top of the second inning, gets Sawinski to fly to center for the first out. Gonzalez grounds to short for the second out. Gives the single to Mercado, single to center, and then 
Uh, Triolo, he fly to center for the third out. Then one, two, three, inning on three pitches. Uh, one, two, three, inning on ten pitches there in the top of the third inning. And the top of the fourth inning is where he got into some trouble. But I want to ask you guys, what is your confidence level in Bobby Miller for the rest of the season? Because at some point, innings are going to add up 101 pitches today. I would say it's around a six and a half. I'm going six and a half, but we got B. Guzman, Miller for beer. Miller for beer. Rodwell, Stevie Wonder, Ray Charles can steal second on the Dodgers catchers. Finish him. Uh, C-plus gave up four runs. Tina Guzman, yes, B is correct. Uh, love Dustin May, but it ain't ability. It's about availability. That's from David Sabatini. Anthony Swag. Anthony King says, Bobby Swag gets a super solid B. He wasn't even supposed to be here, Anthony King. Yeah, it's a really good point. I think if you're the Dodgers' top prospect, their top pitching prospect, top prospect in the organization behind Diego Cartaya, at some point you have to feel good about your chance of getting called upon. And they knew he was going to be called up this year. They anticipated at some point it was going to be during the summertime, maybe around this time. But he was called up earlier than later. And yeah, first four starts, a .78 ERA. After that, he definitely had his rough patches, but that's a part of the game. I mean, that's a part of the learning process. I mean, you got to take your lumps. You got to take your lumps, then you start giving the lumps. And I think if you're Bobby Miller, tonight was a game of, I mean, that's a, that Pirates lineup is they take their walks, they take pitches, have some impressive hitters. And Bobby Miller, I mean, did a nice job bouncing back in Kansas City, went five and two-thirds, gave the three runs. Did have an ERA over five in the month of June after 164 ERA there in May. But I'm mean, here talking about a guy who, like you said, Anthony Keene, he's already given him stars. I mean, this is seventh. This is his, uh, was it five? One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, I mean, it's about his eighth start already. So that's definitely exceeded most Dodger fans' expectations and most within the organization. But uh, uh, what the F is wrong with the bazooka? We got bring JD double back four runs gives him a b minus we got miller gets a c that's from david sabatini rojas bailed out brazier let's not go by the way sats from fred m justin lamas boris is going to get jd martinez a three-year deal next winter i think that's pretty fair we got vargas is a disappointment gq martinez yeah you know i'm not really singing the vargas song right now for sure i think for me, when it comes to Miguel Vargas, really in short is talking about a guy that has less than 400 plate appearances, only 23 years old, first year in the show. Definitely you see the hit tool. You see flashes at times. I think there is some mechanical adjustments as far as his setup, as far as his swing, as far as getting that bat speed, that bat head out to balls. And really, you got to be more aggressive. At this point, I would rather see him strike out uh, swinging on a pitch on the black like we saw yesterday, those terrible calls that were right off the plate than versus really just taking pitches for strike three because he's got to get some momentum. I want to see the ball in play, even if that means outs. Yes, you definitely want to take your walks, but he needs a spark, and I think he needs to be more aggressive at the plate. And I think you're going to see the opportunity starting to dry up for him. So that's definitely the big concern. But yeah, we got the Robbie Fairwood, D-Mac. Do the Dodgers look for more bat-to-ball skills at the trade deadline in person to the boom in response to the boom or buzz home run problem? That's from Robbie Fairwell. Yeah, look, I mean, I think this team's MO, they study the data. The data will show you that Yes, if you outslug your opponent, you have a better chance of winning significantly, right? But on the same token, it's tougher to slug in the postseason because you are competing against better pitching. You're competing against elite pitching, and you're not going to be able to hit two home runs every night or hit three doubles, and you're going to have to find a way to manufacture some offense. So, yeah, I do think that it's possible that you find a guy that has the combination. We know they need a right-handed bat, and... 
I think for me, I look for them to look for some value in the outfield spots because Mookie, I'm not, I think you don't want to burn your best right fielder, your best defender on your team who's a right fielder completely, but you're definitely going to have some of that flexibility. I mean, I'm definitely high on Adam Duvall because he has an OPS over 1,000 against lefties. He's on an expiring contract. He'll be a free agent this offseason. Batting average-wise, he's a guy he like 253. So, yeah, I mean, he's never been a high average guy. So, yeah, I mean, if Tim Anderson's on the table, maybe you say Tim Anderson is a guy who the change of scenery, that fixes everything, and you kind of mix things up. Because, look, Tim Anderson, I mean, I imagine you bring Tim Anderson to here, and you kind of put Miguel Vargas on the shelf or you put him on the bench, right? I mean, he's a guy, definitely a base runner, a dynamic base runner, and you continue to have him learn. And, but uh, yeah, and Tim Anderson had just such a bad year that it's tough to say, okay, he's the answer. But if you look historically, I mean, last year he was a 301 hitter. A year before that, a 309 hitter. 2020, a 322 hitter. So, yeah, I mean, usually you don't see players at this level that have had that level of success for two or three years have such a significant drop off unless it's due to injury, unless it's due to other factors. Maybe. He needs a change of scenery so desperately that he needs to switch it up. So, yeah, I mean, the good thing, though, the silver line there is if you're the Dodgers and that lowers his trade value and you do a deal that has Tim Anderson and Lucas Giolito and you get some relievers out of that as well, hey, maybe you could see that. Maybe you could see a blockbuster deal. Like, I see so many people jump on the bandwagon. You guys know I've been talking about the White Sox as a trade partner for just, I don't know, spring training, before spring training. In November, we were talking about potential deals with Dylan Cease and some of the pitchers they have, Lucas Giolito. And, yeah, I think uh, they have some, some pieces that you would really like to see on this Dodgers team. I mean, Kendall Graveman. Keenan Middleton. I mean, guys that could really help this team. So, yeah, I mean, if you look at Tim Anderson as a throw-in, you could play him at second. Rojas at short. Mix Mookie up at second and short in certain matchups in certain games. And you consider that third base position where Max Muncy is grayed out as one of the worst in the league. So, yeah, there is some options. So, I definitely think it's possible. Uh, it's time to accept that Mark Pryor is overrated. That's from Jay Bull. That's definitely a hot take. Agree, uh, Doug Brazier is the dog of the game. That's from David Sabatini. David Sabatini. Yeah, I mean, look, if you look at what Brazier was able to do in this game, it was, uh, it was pretty fantastic. I mean, he's a guy that... Uh, just the guy from the Red Sox. They the what really if you looked at some of his his numbers though, if you look at his the ability to miss barrels, the velocity, the spin, he, I mean I definitely this is something that you could see on paper why they thought they had something in him. And yeah, I mean he wasn't fantastic the entire season. But he definitely, you know, he fell off that he kind of fell into the Dodgers lap there. But you had to see Brazier Come in and, and pitch well for the Dodgers. It was definitely uh, it, it was definitely big. It was definitely big. And um, here we got uh, one second. Uh, oh, I lost my comments here. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. home. 
There we go. Yeah, so he comes in there. So bottom, yeah, we can jump there. The top of the seventh inning, top of the second, seventh. Well, let's talk about, let's go in the comments here and we'll kind of break this down a little more in depth here because we got, uh, there we go. We got the 199 Super Chat, cursive red lettering, spelling out vlog. Uh, we got Rojas as a grinder, Ray Barrio, Shohei ahead of Aaron Judge's home run pace last season, but this is Dodger talk. He's an angel as we speak. Ray from Ray Barrios. Yeah, I mean, Shohei Otani, the best athlete on the play on the entire plant. Jesus Christ includes pretty much. Albert Pujols can steal second on the Dodgers. Rod Wells, ouch. Yeah, that definitely continues to be a problem. What can you say? Miggy Reds is looking better at the bat. I think he misspelled that. DeLuca is built for the bright lights. That's from Yanni Hayward season. Yeah, I think he's definitely an option off the bay, off the bench. I think he got, he's a guy that can provide you some pop defensively. He's dynamic. He changed the game with his speed. So, yeah, absolutely. I think it's definitely impressive. Johnny DeLuca, hometown guy. Of course, grew up loving the Dodgers. Loved Clayton Kershaw. He saw before the game, he said his favorite player was Manny Ramirez. So he kind of lived through the Manny Ramirez, the Manny Wood era. So that definitely is something that was exciting. But, yeah, so top of the let's go to yeah top of the fourth inning so davis we top of the fourth inning was really the big inning there and we kind of actually are talking about that one the davis lead off double off the wall curveball hanging then santana single to right davis the third sinker kind of the most ineffective pitch for him today so two pitches there the pirates had runners on the corners with no outs the next batter sawinski 2-1 county crushed a three-run shot to center to make it four to one pirates a hanging slider had no bite was up out over the heart of the plate and yeah i mean hanging slider right there took advantage but did a nice job bouncing back did bobby miller first seven starts only two home runs given up and then he gives those two home runs tonight so yeah, he had done a really nice job of keeping the ball in the yard, and he's able to still get out of that inning, though. I mean, like I said, did not have the meltdown like we've seen in the past. So a 2-2 pitch to Gonzalez, struck him out swing, curveball down, 1-1 to Marcano, gets him to ground a second for the second out, and next batter, two outs, 2-2, two, two, he gets Trello with the slider for the third out. So a really nice job there, and then he comes out, of course, Jumped to the top of the sixth inning. 3-2 pitch to Davis. He struck him out swinging a slider up. One out. Then 0-1 pitch to Santana. He gets him to ground his short for the second out. And then he walks Sawinski on five pitches. And at that point, he was fatigued. Didn't see a lot of competitive pitches there. And then Bigford comes in. Gets Gonzalez. He, Gonzalez reads on an infield single, then Mercano flies to right. So the real trouble, though, was the seventh inning. The seventh inning, Triolo single to to left, a leadoff single for Triolo to left, and then Hedges, he walks Hedges. So you can't walk Hedges, man. That's inexcusable, man. I could get him out throwing underhand blindfold, okay? And then Kutch, he almost hit his head. He walks him, and then you got the bases loaded. Ryan Brazier comes in, and Reynolds, he lines to short for the first out. 2-2 two, two to Davis. He lines a second for the second out. Then Santana, two outs, 1-1. One, one. Brazier gets him to pop to Muncie there for the third out. So, yeah, like I said, I was glad that Will Smith heard Muncie call him off. He makes the play. So, bases loaded, no outs. He gets him out of the jam. You saw, you saw Phil Bigford there in the dugout, and he was saying, some uh, no effing way, right? So he knows how big that was. I mean, his ERA, like I said, since the start of last season, Phil Bigford has a 5-1-3 ERA. That's the highest of any Dodgers reliever, but uh, not too many options. Here we go, Doug. When do you think we are seeing Landon Nag? That's from Rudy. It depends. I mean, with this team, I mean, he's definitely one of the next uh, next men up if they get an opportunity. A lot of people didn't expect Emmett Sheehan to make the jump, but hey, he had the best stuff, the best four-seam fastball, the ability to compete against 
big league hitters. And Landon Ack, we'll see. I mean, he's another guy that I wouldn't be totally shocked if this team wants to get go all in this season and get another starting pitcher, maybe reliever, another position player, that Landon Ack could be a guy they might consider trading for the right piece because there definitely is a surplus of young up-and-coming talent with Hurd and Frosso and Nestrini, a lot of guys up. And, yeah, at some point you can't keep all these guys in. Yeah, I think that's one thing about Andrew Friedman. I think you look at Michael Bush. He's 25 years old. I think he's a great player. I think he has a chance to hit close to 300 for a team in this league. But you're keeping prospects a little too long. Okay, at some time, at some point, you got to cash in on those chips. Okay, um, we got uh, love Dustin May, but. Yeah, we got some call up Landon Ack. We go Blake Snell, Soto, and Hader will be available as well from Uncle Ted Talks. Yeah, I just don't anticipate the Padres doing a deal with the Dodgers, but hey, that would be very interesting. And yeah, I mean, Blake Snell, I mean, the Dodgers, there's no guarantee that Clayton Kershaw is going to be back next year. No guarantee that Julio Arias is going to be back next year. You can't have all right handed pitchers. They're going to need a lefty. Blake Snell, who knows? Could make some sense. Uh, only real bad moment was that three run homer. Yes. Uh, Roy Estrada, how about bringing up a catching prospect in DFA Barnes or a bullpen catcher? Yeah, I mean,. Austin Barnes, like I said, he's been one of the least productive players in all of Major League Baseball, and that's not a t- that's not a take. I mean, that's just a fact. So, at some point, I mean, like Fiducia, I mean, they, they, it's already kind of late for that. It's already late to bring up some of these guys, some of these catchers. That's just the reality. It's too late to bring up one of these catchers in the year and expect them to handle big league pitchers, especially for a team that has World Series aspirations, a team that's still trying to catch the Diamondbacks in their division, lots of pressure on a nightly basis. Really, the best bet would be go out there and sign a veteran catcher for one year. You could put Austin Barnes on the Phantom IL for the rest of the season if you want to go that route. But yeah, I think it's far more likely that if the Dodgers want to go that direction and make a change at the catcher spot as far as the backup catcher, that would be the move. Because, look, Austin Barnes, I mean, the bench for the Dodgers has been relatively weak, and Austin Barnes is an absolute non-factor. Like I said, he couldn't hit a piano, a piano without a blindfold at times. And, yeah, maybe things turn around for him, but does what he brings as far as a game caller and game the strike at the bottom of the zone, does that justify having him out there? I mean, you saw Austin wins early in the year, gets a double his first at-bat. So, yeah, I think that would be more the route. You go and you'd pick up a veteran catcher from another team. You could get those guys relatively easily, especially when you consider the Dodgers' resources and their prospect capital. But the Madres will never trade with us. Yes, my belief, too. I think we're aligned on that. BC, I trust in Shohei. Japanese players usually play till 40. Look at each other. That's a great point. Absolutely. I mean, Shohei Otani, man. I mean, what can... Uh, uh, they, they call them the Yaku Shonens, right? In Japan, when they feel like you're a Japanese player, that you have the baseball gift, and he definitely is that. I'm going to talk about him tomorrow on the the Blue Heaven live stream. So, yeah, I mean, I think that for him, even if he pitches another two, three seasons, has another injury, I think he'd come back and be a really good DH for you for five or six years. I don't think he's going to have a fall off at the play like an Albert Pujols did, just because this guy is a physical freak. He takes care of himself. He's six four and he's strong and he has just a will to be great but uh, Dave Roberts probably wanted to send out Phillips again that's from Dando 390 that's a fire take that's a that's a, that's a Hornito shot takers comment of the game Bobby Miller confidence 6 uh, 8 out of 10 confidence for Bobby Miller from Yanni Hayward season Barnes Makes Bob <laughs> look like Babe Ruth. That's a good one, David. Uh, Edie's Leonard needs to be up ASAP. He's the Dodgers' best infielder. Bobby, 6 out of 10. Showtime. Showtime Dodger. 
Uh, is the Angels suffer not trade? Hey, we got to fire, um, fire D Mac. I'm trying to, I'm trying to protect Dave Roberts, <laughs> Mr. C Bad. You killing me, uh, Yanni B plus for Bobby. Since he last got us into the six, since he at least got us into the six, and we needed that so bad. Yeah, Yanni, I think we are in the. Yeah, we will take four earned runs through five and two thirds innings era of the Dodgers rotation. When you consider the fact that they're seven to the bottom in innings pitch out of their starters, that is not who this organization is. This is an organization. Their foundation is starting pitching. They literally have the lowest ERA in the history of major league baseball as an organization. That is what this organization is built on. So yeah, to see that they're not getting the innings, what Bob Miller did, it was gutsy. It was gritty. And I think it shows his growth and maturity. You don't have to be too fine. You don't have to be too fine. What I mean by that is you don't have to go out there and just give up one run and think it's a good start. No, I look this team with the offense they have at home, you will take the innings because you're not taxing the bullpen as much. And that to me was critical as far as his development is saying, Hey, yeah, you of course want to go out there and you want to pitch seven shutty seven scoreless innings have 10 punch outs, but that's not always going to be the case. I look at the seven strikeouts today. I look at the effectiveness of that four seam fastball. That was to me what was most impressive and kind of one of the big takeaways from this game is that four seam fastball up in the zone. We haven't seen too much of that. And that pitch today, I mean, come on, man, we're talking about a four seamer that topped out at 101.1 miles per hour. I mean, that is fast, man. You are getting a speeding ticket, and that is just that's fast, man. You are that's you're getting your license taken away. Okay, I mean, you're talking about a changeup, curveball, singer, slider mix. So commanding five pitches as a rookie that was thrusted into a situation that was a little premature, like Anthony Keene said. But here we go. We got uh, got more down here. Bobby eight and a half. Actually, he will get better and better. That's from Rebecca. M.H. Reynolds pulled a hundred one mile per hour fastball. Bobby doesn't seem to have any deception on that pitch. Yeah, I think. The movement isn't crazy, but, I mean, the spin is definitely really solid. I think the... I think for Bobby Miller, it's just about keeping hitters on balance, really, and making sure you're setting that up. I mean, you talk to scouts, and they'll tell you that that's not his best pitch is his fastball, and that's kind of hard to believe, and it doesn't really make a ton of sense in your mind because you're saying, well, that should be his best pitch because it's an absolute heater. But still, I mean, his extension is above average, 79th percentile. The spin is above average. The strikeout rate, below average. Whiff rate, below average. Walk rate, below average. So he's still improving upon some of these important facets of his game. And tonight, I think the seven strikeouts was definitely a step in the right direction. So definitely feel good about that. And of course, we got to talk about the ninth inning. The ninth, of course, Daniel Hudson Huddy in there to pitch the ninth. And here we go right down the give me your hottest tape. We got Andrew Garcia. Hot take until Miller learns how to put people away. He's nothing more than a slightly upgraded version of Gratterall. A hundred miles per hour does not play unless it's located. Now, a couple things that I agree with you on are that one, yes, it is def- the best pitch in baseball. We know it's a well-located fastball. And at times when he struggles with command, leaving stuff out of the plate, that's when he starts to get tattooed. And it doesn't necessarily matter. If you look at that strikeout rate heading into this game, a 21.7 strikeout rate. But I still see his fastball playing better than a Bruzdar Gratterall already. He already has a better changeup and slider than Bruzdar Gratterall. I mean, if you look at his extension, like I said, his extension to the plate is in the 79th percentile. Bruzdar Gratterall's is literally one of the worst in baseball as far as his extension. When your extension is low, that's how, the lower the fastball is going to play up. It's literally his extensions in the three percentile for Bruzdar Gratterall. 
Bobby Miller in the 79th percentile. But yeah, I, I definitely get what you're saying. I, for, for it to play up, you definitely have to locate it better. But it's definitely a work in progress. And that's why I think today was a step in the right direction. But uh, here we go. We got to Luis Robert Jr. Tino, you're funny. Thinking only $500 million. Yeah, Otani's getting more than $500 million easily. That's the starting price. Uh, no to Tim Anderson, not the issue for Boomer Assassin. Gary A. Dodgers have had a, a much deeper rotation and didn't get it done. Marana hates the Dodgers. Vargas is a bargain. B. Guzman. Ray Brios. Shohei is still learning as a pitcher, as good as he already is. Wait, Dodger talk. Yeah, look, I mean, I think he could improve with the Dodgers. Uncle Ted talks, Tim Anderson, and the rest of the White Sox players are just bored. I think there could be something to that. I really do. I mean, change of scenery is big. It truly is, especially for players that are in bad situations. All right, guys, a couple more here. I'll get you out of here, but let's talk about that. Uh, let's talk about that final inning where. Yeah, it was definitely a nail-biter. You were fearing the words after what happened yesterday. Daniel Hudson making his way back, getting into this closer's role, and he comes out there. He just did not have the command early on. You had Joe, who goes up there pinch-hitting for Hedges. He hits a ground roll double on the slider, and then he walked Kutch on six pitches, glove side with the four-seamer and the slider, just pulling that slider. It was not effective, just laboring there. And then he goes up 0-2 to Reynolds, and he was missing inside with the slider, just pulling it, like I said. Eighth pitch of the at-bat, though. He walks him to load the bases with no outs. So the Pirates load the bases. The sacks were juiced. You had the bases drunk there with no outs, and you're saying, oh, man, not again. And then he's able to bounce back. He gets... Davis strikes him out looking. He was down the count. He fell behind 2-0. Gets him to foul off a four-seamer. Fouls off another four-seamer. And then he lands that slider bottom of the zone. A great money pitch right there for the first out. And then he gets Santana to fly to left on the first pitch. Great job there by David Peralta. They don't score a run there. And with two outs, he strikes out Swinski looking, swinging on a 3-2 count. A slider gets him to chase right out of the zone. So he's able to escape that. Houdini, Hudson, and the Dodgers, they get the win. He gets his first save since was it 20 yet since last year, June 8th of 2022. So great to see him back in the mix. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Dodgers Nation post game show. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the channel. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. We'll do a couple more takes here, and we'll let you guys enjoy the rest of your Wednesday night. We got to, this year has been one hell of a nail biter. SMH. Hopefully we upgrade our bullpen from Steven Munoz, Greg Turcott. I don't see Dodgers getting Otani way too price for the blue. We got a $10 super chat. Appreciate you. It's a Hornitos comment. We got uh, hey Doug. Speaking of deals, when's the fire sale? Great show. I don't know if you mean for the Dodgers fire sale. I don't anticipate that. You're talking about a team that's a game and a half out of first place, despite having the worst case of injuries. Uh, you're talking about a team that's, Miss more games from their staff than any team Major League Baseball. So, yeah, if they feel like there's deals to be made where you can add some starting pitching, add a reliever, there's no way that this team is going to sell, especially when you got Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman in their prime. I think that would be absolutely criminal to sell. On the same token, if they fell into a really bad slide, let's say after the All-Star break, they have some tough series. You got the Red Hot Reds, you got 
Allie De La Cruz and company. You got the Blue Jays. You got some tough series. I mean, who knows? I mean, you lose 15 straight, which I don't anticipate. But if they really fall off a cliff, then maybe you could get something for J.D. Martinez and Julio Arias and David Peralta. Definitely a lot of guys who a lot of teams would want, especially on expiring deals. But I don't anticipate a fire sale. That's just not what this organization does. They're going to compete because you saw what happened in 2018. You played a game 163. You made it to the World Series. In the National League, there's not any true juggernauts this season especially if the Dodgers are able to make some upgrades and get healthy. But here we go. We got the, do you think Arias will get six K's next game? Mid-show medium? Yeah, why not? Hey, I don't know if you're asking for betting advice, but uh, yeah, why not? Six K's for Julio Arias. But Willie Adamas has been even worse than TA7 this year. Yeah, you're seeing a lot of regression really uh, across the sh- I mean, it's tough. I mean, the shortstop position is a very taxing position. Uh, I think the thing for Willie Adamas, the difference, though, is the home runs, right? I mean, Willie Adamas, 12 home runs this season. He's uh, I mean, he's still positive war at 1.2 defensively. He's still able to contribute from that standpoint. I would have no problem with uh, Willie Adamas, by the way, because he's superior defensively than Tim Anderson. And also, Tim Anderson, he still hasn't hit a home run this season. Zero home runs, hasn't ho- hit a home run since last July. If you can believe that, it's almost kind of insane. But Cody, hey, DMAC, can you give my girlfriend a Hornitos comment of the game? Absolutely. This is for your girlfriend. Tell her, thank you for watching the show. And please drink responsibly. That is for your girlfriend. Uh, hey, DMAC, would you, t- would you trade Gavin Stone and Dustin May for anyone? Speedy recovery. I think to me, look, I mean, I'm a... I mean, I would, trade, I would trade my grandma for if I felt like it would give our chances, increase our chances of winning a World Series, right? So, yeah, I think it was the right player. But still, I think kind of on a serious note, you don't want to trade players when their value is at their lowest. And Gavin Stone, I mean, yesterday was grinding, still gave five hits. His value is as low as it's really ever been as far as, yeah, I mean, no teams are – you're not going to be able to get that. You're going to get pennies on the dollar. And Dust Mays on the shelf until next season. So I wouldn't trade any of those guys because their value is so low got five dollars from k casino shoot forgot to add padres when is the padres fire sale okay casino okay i try to answer your question respectfully but yeah i mean the fire sale it's going to be the biggest garage sale in the united states down in san diego i can't wait i might get me a soda i might get me a, a machado I might give me a tatis i mean who knows what they're going to do down there but i think they absolutely have to move some guys you got expiring guys you got blake snell they want soto it feels like the honeymoon phase ended a long time ago there and i would not be surprised to see him move so we'll see um if you look at the Padres in the division, I mean, it is bad. I mean, whatever. I'm so glad. Thank the Lord I not picked. I, I picked that you guys not picked the Dodgers to win this division. And I believe that in my heart of hearts and my bones. But it feels like every expert, so many Dodgers pundits picked the Padres. Never bet on the Padres. Do yourself a favor. The Padres are going to Padre. They're nine games back. I would never. I don't care if they had the, if you combined, uh, if, you had the, if they had the NL All-Star team and they are the Padres, I'm not betting on the Padres. Okay, like I always say, their trophy case looks emptier than the toilet paper shelves at the beginning of COVID. Okay, ain't nothing there. So, yeah, you don't bet on the Padres. But here we go. A couple more. I'll let you guys go. You guys can talk baseball, hang out all night. Good night. We got Bring Me TA7. Uh, smash that like button for your Dodgers. Appreciate that, Diane. D-Mac about to wrap up the show so we can take make the after party at shortstop. Take a shot for me. Jorito. That's from Jim Griffey Jr. You get that just for your... 
your awesome name to Jim Griffey Jr. Yeah, man, I'd love to go there. Uh, by the way, check out our bro, bar guide if you want to see us at the short time. Hey, D-Mac, I had Taco Bell box in your honor. Hey, love me the Taco Bell box. Bring back the fries there, though. Uh, it's time to trade Vargas. D-Backs, D we got... Uh, Another uh, super chat. Thank you, John Bleeds Blue. $5. Appreciate you. Uh, San Diego, who get Darvish? Uh, good night, Dodger fam. Hey, you guys, what did I miss? I had an interview with Michael Jackson. What up, DKM? Uh, we got pods are not selling. They've won three in a row and are throwing a Padres parade downtown. Dodgers 2080. What up, Dodgers 2080? My man, Mr. Tim Rogers. Always rock with us. If you guys don't follow Tim at SD Dodger and read his site, Dodgers 2080, you're not doing this Dodgers fan thing right. He is a prospect guru. Going to get him on the show pretty soon here. Uh, we got uh, San Diego Pathetics. Handlebar mustache owner is missing. That's from Roy Estrada. We got, uh, what up, D-Mac? What up, Brian? Who's more cursed, Madres or Flippers? Sheesh. Hey, I would definitely say the Clippers, man. They haven't even made it to uh, finals yet. So, yeah, at least the, the Padres have done that. But that is going to do it. Thanks again for rocking with us here on the Dodgers Nation postgame show. The Dodgers escape. It was a nail brighter. You had... Two big bases loaded situations. Ryan Brazier got him out of one. Daniel Hudson, he got himself out of one. J.D. Martinez, he provides the pop. You saw the Dodgers. Bobby Miller, he grinded it out. L.A. gets the win. 48-38. They're a game and a half back of the D-backs in the NOS. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore L.A. Remember, nothing brings us together quite like Dodger baseball. And until next time, think blue, bleed blue, and I'm out. stadium their silence is deafening 136 israelis are still being held hostage by hamas bring them home in a roaring stadium their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Bring them home. Bring them home.